coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, in the beautiful Appleby Business Center Studios. It's time for Northwest Arkansas Business Radio with Adam Robison. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Adam Robison, and it's time for another episode of Northwest Arkansas Business Radio. We're so excited that you're here with us in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, on this gorgeous day, and we can't wait to bring you another story about great people doing great things up here in the northwest corner of Arkansas. Today, I've got Brad and Gretchen Lindsay with us, and we're so excited that they're here. They have a very interesting story as, as they've overcome so much in their life together and have actually become coaches for couples in Northwest Arkansas. But before I tell their whole story, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to them. We'll start with uh, Gretchen. Gretchen, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you guys became couples coaches. Brad, you can jump in whenever you like there as well. But go ahead and share with us a little bit about your story. Hi, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, we're so grateful to be here. So I'll back up a little bit with our story. I grew up in a family with a lot of emotional, physical, and sexual violence. Um, my parents are divorced actually twice. My dad's on wife number three, and this is Brad's second marriage. He's a combat veteran and you know, also had a difficult childhood, a lot of bullying. And so we brought those problems into our marriage. Um, and so when we did have marriage problems, we thought we did what we thought we were supposed to do, right? We read the books, we went to the the Bible studies, the classes, the retreats, and unfortunately, no one had answers. And not only that, but they had this nice little disclaimer. When we looked at the back of the retreat pamphlet or the back of the book, it said, if you're struggling with addiction or violence or serious mental illness, then we can't help you. And mm. I was like, well, shit, because we're <laughs> D all of the above um, and multiple affairs and we've separated five times. And so Goodness. I just wasn't willing to give up. I, I did not want to end up like my dad on spouse number three and I didn't have answers, but I just kept researching and no one believed in us. Uh, the VA turned Brad away twice. Two pastors said we would never make it. Two marriage therapists refused to see us because we were too high risk. And I actually had a therapist tell me statistically you should be dead. So that was pretty sobering. And I just kept digging and researching until I finally found answers that got to the root. So tell me, what do you do when you finally realize it's time for help and the people that you go to for help says, yeah, sorry, there's no help for you? <laughs> that seems pretty awful. Uh, we felt really alone and scared and really, to be honest, quite a bit of shame. We thought, oh, there's something fundamentally wrong with us. We are inherently screwed up. We are destined to be divorced. There's no hope for us. Um, I can't tell you how many times I cried myself to sleep mm. on the floor after a fight. The only thing I knew how to do was research. I had two degrees in research, and so I knew how to do that. That was part of it. The other part is during one of our separations, I was at my sister's house up here in Northwest Arkansas, mm -hmm. and she has six adopted kids, and they were doing great. And I said, uh, what are you doing for your kids? Because 
like they're coming from hard backgrounds. Like I, and I know you didn't learn it from our family. And she told us they were doing TBRI, trust-based relational intervention. And she gave me the conference audio to listen to. And I thought, well, my marriage is screwed, but at least I can be a good aunt to my nieces and nephews. (laughs) And I was listening to the conference audio um, from Dr. Karen Purvis and I just cried and cried and cried. And I realized this is not just for foster and adopt kids. This is the root of all of our marriage problems. Wow. So that was one of the resources that got to the root. And once I found those few, there was a handful that got to the root. None of them were in a marriage book. None of them were in a marriage seminar. Um, but I would just come back to them and read them over and over and over or listen over and over and over until I knew what they were going to say next. And then I listened some more. Mm. Well, Brad, let me ask you a question. What? Uh, who made the decision to become coaches? Was it you? Was it Gretchen? Who decided to move into that space? I think the person who initially made the decision is Gretchen, um, because I uh, would not be inclined at first to uh, to do that. Um, I think Gretchen came up with the idea at first, um, and it took a while for me to to buy in. Um, but then once we started to do it a little bit here and there, um, you get those experiences where you, you're, you're talking to someone, you're trying to help them, um, and you give them the tool or the resource and they, they go home, they try it and they come back and they've got this big smile on their face. They're like, I tried it and it worked Mm. and, and it's awesome. Um, so it, it, it really kind of hooks you. Excellent. Wow. Well, Gretchen, I know that, you know, from personal experience, when I market my coaching services, sometimes it's a little bit difficult for people to understand what it is that I do. So just for our audience that may not know what couples coaching is, what are just some of the things that you help people with when when couples come to you? Um, we really start with self-regulation and um, people come to us and they they're so frustrated that they can't stop fighting. Um and you go to all these seminars and classes and they tell you things like, well, you just need to calm down. You just need to treat each other with respect. And that is true. But they're telling you what to do, not how to do it. Mm, so very we, important so, distinction there. So we really back the bus up. We're mm-hmm. going to, you cannot connect until you're calm. And so we really begin with how to regulate the nervous system. Um, how do you deescalate things? How do you calm the body down? And a lot of it is basics, right? Mm-hmm. Back to the basics, hydration, nutrition, movement, sleep. My clients are probably so sick of hearing me rattle that off, but it is so true. Um, the difference is, yes, it's the basics, but there are specific tweaks for people who have high trauma backgrounds like us, like our couples. For example, it's not just hydration with water. We need more electrolytes. Mm. It's all humans need protein. If you're struggling with emotional regulation and fighting, you just need more protein. Um, so there's a lot of little tweaks like that that are very specific for people with high trauma backgrounds. Wow. Um, so that's where we start. And then once we know how to calm the body down, then we can teach them the connection strategies. And then once we've learned those, our, our third step is really how do we make this part of life not just these are not just the things that we do but this is how we live our life this is who we are which turn it into a habit so you don't have to think so much every single day about how to make this work with your spouse love it so when it came to brad's already put the uh, couples coaching decision on you said he probably wouldn't have went into that space but you led courageously into that space and and he's loving that 
Was there anything specifically or uh, any personal experience that influenced your decision to become a coach? Um, yes. Uh, I Back when things were really hard um, and we didn't know if either one of us was uh, going to live, much less um, you know stay married, I had had a dream. Uh, we were in Celebrate Recovery at the time and I had this dream in the middle of the night that we were in a church on stage giving our testimony and I woke up with these hot tears streaming down my face um, and I told Brad about the dream and he said, A, we're never going to make it and B, I will never be on stage with you giving our testimony <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Not getting on stage. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but our Celebrate Recovery pastor had said, you know, if God gives you a dream, you hold on to that. And so I did hold on to that when things were really hard. Um, that and that I didn't want to end up, you know, like my parents divorced. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question. That's ah, fine. It's uh, so so. You had a lot going on in your past, right? You've seen a lot. What specifically said, "Hey, I want to help other people who are going through some of the stuff that I'm doing or that I'm going through." Right. Thank you. Um, so we would go to these retreats with friends or make friends while we were there, rather. Um, and we were all struggling. Mm. And after a little while, our friends started saying to us, what are you guys doing different? Because you guys are actually making progress. And so it was of, working for you. Yeah. Okay. You know, n- none of us are. And, and so then we started sharing these other resources that we had found outside of the retreats, outside of the marriage books. And they would ask questions and they would, we would teach them a little tool or something we had learned and they would come back and say, oh my gosh, that worked for us. But we still really weren't trying to make a business out of it. We mm. were just desperately trying to save our own marriage. Um, and to be honest, once we were kind of out of the woods a little bit, we tried to run from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes when God calls you to do something, you get scared. Oh, yeah. And when you no longer are fighting all the time, you just want to live your quiet little lives. And mm-hmm. that's what we were trying to do. And then couples would find us or we would attract them not even trying. And... I think that's what broke our heart is that they would say, no one's talking about this. You guys are the only ones talking about these things, Mm. self-regulation, neurotransmitters, trauma, um, attachment. Like at the time, no one else was talking about these things and people were basically like begging for help. Okay. Good stuff. So, um, so you guys have seen, you, you got into the work. The business wasn't really the intention, but it's come about. So, in your work with couples, what are some common challenges that you often encounter? Um, and then, how do you help people overcome these challenges? One of the biggest challenges that we see, um, and it was a challenge that I faced often uh, in the beginning, was self-regulation. And I I had this idea that uh, I'm an adult. I should be able to logic myself out of my my bad mood, my, Mm. my funk. Now, right. Can I just say you're you're preaching to me right now? So th- <laughs> this is good stuff. I'm I'm getting it just like you guys are here with Northwest Arkansas Business Radio. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> the reality is that you just can't, uh, especially like Gretchen has said, if you have this overwhelming trauma in your background, the less likely you are to be able to do something like that. Um, So it becomes really, really important to uh, eat regularly or hydrate or get 
exercise, get movement. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I didn't want to accept that. I, I thought it didn't apply to me. Um, but, but that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Okay. So, um, I love Northwest Arkansas. I know we had a conversation before we went live today talking about how you guys really enjoy some of the elements of Northwest Arkansas. Um, what unique aspects of being up here in this Northwest corner do you consider when coaching local couples? Oh my gosh, yes. We love the trails. The trail system is our by far our favorite part of Northwest Arkansas, and we love to do walk and talks. So... Um, we used to kind of do the trails haphazardly and then we did what a lot of people do. Oh, we're too busy. Oh, we're too tired. Oh, it's too cold. Oh, it's too hot. Mm -hmm. And you can go one or two weeks and miss that. But longer than that, and we start getting, it's like, oh, do we just need to go outside and walk in the sun with our dogs? And it's kind of embarrassing, but all humans need movement. We need it more. Mm -hmm. Um, We will feel the difference more if we don't get it. So it's, these are needs not nice to haves and so we have an agreement now there is no discussion we just know that every saturday and sunday morning we're going to be on the trails with our girls um our two dogs and so we need it and we know our couples need it and it's our favorite thing to invite couples to do and that's not paid we just love to connect with local couples on the trails um we have the all trails app and we try to do a different one every weekend and it's so beautiful here um and we just really love seeing the area we didn't necessarily do that when we lived in the pacific northwest and i think we regret that mm-hmm. um and we just enjoy it so much it, <laughs> we joke there's we don't know any other thing that hits so many self-regulation boxes you're getting fresh air sunlight nature movement animals connection and then our favorite trail is applegate in kohler mountain biking park and they have a coffee shop and so then you're getting hydration nutrition as well so that's our favorite thing to do. <laughs> All right. Now, a lot of things go into coaching a couple and making sure that they're communicating and, and having the experience that, that they need to have with each other. Communication, often a key factor in healthy relationships. So what are some practical tips that you can offer our listening audience to improve communication with their partners? So um, one of the resources that we often recommend is called Nonviolent Communication mm-hmm. by Dr. Marshall, Marshall Rosenberg. Okay. Um, and uh, it's an excellent book. It's an excellent resource. Um, and he, the, the fundamentals of his, his idea are um, we need to avoid as much as possible the use of labels in our communication uh, with with our spouse. Um, and also, um, when we're saying something, um, particular something, particularly something that's bothering us, uh, something that may be a difficult conversation, um, the key is to say how you feel and to use an objective action that occurred. So when you did xyz i felt mm-hmm. hurt um and and so that allows uh it, it doesn't place any blame okay so okay so that's a little easier to handle when you're communicating with someone we're not calling names we're not placing blame it's not a fault game right 
Yeah, can I jump in there for a second? Um, an example that comes to mind is, now this was some time in our work, uh, but we were still struggling and Brad came home and he's like, you're so you know, effing selfish. I'm like, okay, selfish is a label. Can you please tell me the specific thing I said or did that you're upset with? And he, and by, he knew the drill by this time, right? And he goes, yes, when I walk in the door from work and you don't look up at me and you don't put your laptop down, I feel disrespected and then he caught himself because this is sometime in and he knew what I was going to say which is disrespected is not a real feeling can you please tell me the vulnerable feeling um, but he knew I was going to say that and he caught himself and he said but oh wait I know disrespected isn't a real feeling and I saw the wash go over his face and he said the real feeling is shame I feel wow. like I am not good enough for you and that is why I push so hard for no labels and that is why I push so hard for the real vulnerable feeling don't give me some secondary feeling or some fake feeling uh, we know now if we say oh I feel angry that's fine I can hear that you're angry anger is a secondary emotion it covers fear and pain can you please tell me what is hurting you or scaring you um, and so that's one of the stories I go back to over and over um, I love that story because it just it shows that non-black communication in practice, right? Okay. And so we, we, we love it. It de-escalates a situation. It doesn't, it's not easy, but it's easier. Let's push into this just a little bit because you caught my attention with um, disrespect isn't a real feeling, okay? So this, this, I'm sure, is a new kind of teaching for some of our audience, and they're out there thinking, when I feel disrespected, that feels real real. So can you share what that means, that disrespect is not a real feeling? Sure. Um, there's a lot of them, so I feel attacked. I feel disrespected. I feel... Um, abandoned, right? Um, we think we're telling someone how we feel, but we're actually accusing our partner of doing something. So what they hear is an accusation. Mm. You are attacking me. You are disrespecting me. And that's going to put them on the defensive mm. and we're not being vulnerable. And so we're not inviting them to connect with us. But if I say, like I said, I saw the wash over his face mm. and I have felt that wash over my own face when I've caught myself and said, oh, no, wait. I don't feel abandoned. The real feeling is I'm scared mm -hmm. and I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And we, you can you can feel that in your body. You will sure. drop down into your chest when you identify the real vulnerable feeling. And it's not a guarantee that your spouse is going to connect, but it's the only way we can open up that that opportunity. Okay. Wow. So, um, so then when you're saying disrespect isn't a real feeling, what you really are saying is disrespect is a symptom of a deeper feeling that we need to press into was that correct um yeah it's kind of i mean you you can we often start there right it that's fine with us uh you often do have to start with the fake feeling right mm -hmm. oh i feel disrespected i feel abandoned i feel abused i feel taken advantage of that's we often need to get that up mm -hmm. and out mm -hmm. um and then we're gonna press deeper and say okay i hear you saying how abandoned you feel but that's that's not a vulnerable feeling the vulnerable feeling might be sad or scared or mm -hmm. lonely or or shame what an interesting yeah. conversation that we we may feel like one particular kind of a emotion is wreaking havoc on our life but that particular emotion is actually rooted in guilt or shame or something else that's coming out and uh, kind of disguises itself at first this this work isn't easy to do is it it's extremely difficult it's the this is the hardest thing that i have ever done in my entire life these fake feelings they are protectors mm. 
Um, it, it's just it, our, our brain does not want to feel pain. We don't want to feel vulnerable. And so we use these fake feelings to protect us. But sadly, it, it protects us from connecting from our spouse, which is the thing that all humans desperately want. We're wired for it neurobiologically. Wow. So that's why we, we do push. My friends call me the feelings police. That's fine. I'll wear that um, because I've seen I've seen the magic that it can do when you truly get down to the real feeling. Wow, that's incredible work. It's incredible work that you guys are doing. Uh, I would imagine it takes a great deal of courage to finally step up and do this kind of work um, between you and your spouse. Let's talk about conflict resolution. Now we know that uh, uh, if you're working with couples, obviously you're working in the area of conflict resolution. Are there any strategies or techniques that you find particularly effective? when you're trying to get people to resolve some conflict between themselves? Yeah, I can give you a specific example. Um, I had a neighbor that knew that we did this work. Or, excuse me. Just start over. Yeah, I can give you a specific story. Um, We had a neighbor that knew that we did this work, and she was a downstairs neighbor, and the couple above her was having a really intense fight so she called me i happened to be home Uh, she was scared Uh, i ran over we went up to the door above her and it turned out that the couple uh they were to the point of strangulation my goodness yeah so it um meaning one was choking the other i'm guessing correct okay um and so there's a there's a lot of things running through your mind when when a situation is that escalated um but i you know and i'm flying off the seat of my pants but I'm going to try to get proximity, but in a non-threatening way, because I know you're going to get better dopamine. I'm going to try to get warm eye contact, um, that calm tone of voice. Um, I'm here to help, right? I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to shame. Um, the police aren't here. You know, I'm here to help. So there's there's that kind of energy that we bring to the situation. And then you have to also act very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We, we did get the hands off of each other. We got them separated. Um, I didn't have Brad with me at that time. He was working, so I, we didn't have... Usually, we'll have, I'll take the wife, he'll take the husband. This was actually a same-sex couple, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't have him with me. So, the neighbor was helping. She took the one uh, woman downstairs. I worked with the one upstairs. Excuse me, vice versa. She was upstairs. I was downstairs with the other. And so, then I'm doing all the connecting and the self-regulation strategies. I'm not going to touch her without permission because that's going to escalate things and alarm her. I ask, you know, may I touch your, may I touch your knees? Because we always want two hands, two eyes. So I'm going to grab her hands. I'm going to touch her knees. You know, I see that you're really upset right now. Mm-hmm. It really helps me when I'm upset to hydrate. Do you have anything that you can drink? And it sounds so stupid, right? Like Brad said, oh, we're adults. We don't need that. But I know this is what brings the brain down. So we got her, uh, the neighbor lady had some kind of sparkling water in her fridge she got that to hydrate we got her a protein snack not just any snack a protein snack that's going to regulate the brain um i was giving her healthy touch always with permission if i don't ask permission you're going to escalate things and then we just talked it through and then every now and then the wave of fear would come back because i was working with the one who had um she was strangling the other wow 
Um, and so then she would get these waves of fear come over her and, oh my God, I'm going to be arrested. And, oh my God, I'm going to jail. And we would just talk through that. Okay, I hear how scared you are. The police aren't here right now. I'm here. I'm right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. And we did get that situation de-escalated. Uh, we never worked for hire with that couple. They were just a neighbor, but we did share some tools and, you know, we would walk our dogs around the neighborhood. And just a couple weeks later, you know, I would, I saw the, the other lady in this relationship and she's like, oh, we talk about hydration all the time. Now it's our little joke. Oh, you know, I hear your harsh tone of voice. Do you just need to hydrate? And it, you know, it sounds so silly and it, it sounds so simplistic and it's not this work is hard, but that's the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we opened the door to start having these these conversations. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that answer was loaded with uh, conflict resolution strategy. And so thanks for sharing that so much. So we know that when couples have trouble, um, a lot of times it becomes trust. That's an issue that, that just becomes something we, that, that, that is tough to get past. How do you help couples rebuild trust when trust has been broken? Are there any sort of steps or exercises that you recommend? Um, sure, that's a great question. Um, I think I'll start with our story. Uh, you know, we've both had affairs. Um, we both were struggling with multiple addictions. Um, I think over 10 combined last time I counted. Wow. Um, which, as you know, those come with a lot of line um, and, and our fights were, were getting really scary. And so there was a lot of broken trust there. We've both done horrible things that at one time we thought we never could forgive. Um, and we couldn't start with those big issues, right? It, our, our relationship was too broken to sustain like a, a difficult conversation about the violence or the affairs. Um, but the cycle is rupture and repair. We learned that from Dr. Karen Purvis. And in an unhealthy relationship, in the, in the families that we grew up in, there would be rupture, but there was never any repair. Mm. You never circle back. There's no apology. You just brush it under the rug like it never happened. And that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying to a child, and it's terrifying you know, when you're adults. And so as hard as it is, we learned to circle back. So what is rupture and repair? Um, so anytime... You know, a rupture could be, uh, you know, slight, um, just a, a slight um, break in connection, uh, you know, failure to make an empathic response. Your spouse might be asking you to hear their pain, and instead you jump in with your left brain and try to fix it, right? Mm. It could be just a so-called small thing like that. It could be something as big as violence or an affair. Yeah. Um, preferably, we would repair right away. Mm. Um, but sometimes you do need to take a break and go self-regulate because we can't re- we can't connect until we're calm. Um, and again, some of these issues are so heavy that we can't we can't deal with that now. And so we have uh, what we call an agenda list. Um, and at one time, our lists were pretty long. Mm-hmm. I had a list of all Gretchen's hurts and Brad had a list of all of his hurts. And we knew, yes, I hear you that these things are important to you and we need to circle back and talk about it. We don't have the skills right now to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we would um, kind of do like the Dave Ramsey debt snowball, right? Like start with the easiest issue. Just give yourself a win. Um, because couples like this, you're just, they're starved for wins. They just feel like failures all the time. And so we would start with the small issues like, Hey, we remembered to hydrate today. High five. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Hey, you asked with respect high five or, Hey, I asked for a redo and you did it high five. Um, 
also you're setting the bar where your spouse can succeed. There are times that all Brad could give me was warm eye contact. And I'm pissed off about 72,000 things that he did. And he can't handle any of that right now. And there was a time that I could go to him and say, you know, can you please just look me in the eyes? Can I please get warm eye contact? I just want to see your great eyes. Thank you. High five. And Mm -hmm. that sounds so stupid, but he is so afraid of having a two hour fight or a two hour conversation that when we just thank you, high five for doing that little thing that builds trust, that puts trust in the bank. Kind of like Brene Brown talks about the marble jar. So you start with the small wins and then gradually as we learn how to self-regulate, gradually as we learn the connection tools, the novel communication, we can circle back and have those more difficult conversations. And really the, the biggest thing is I don't need you to understand I don't need you to agree. You don't have to agree with me, but you do need to hear me. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I may not agree with Brad, but I need to hear his pain. Mm-hmm. We so are good. we are spouses. You know, we we are here to help each other heal. Um, it's a long process. Same. It sounds so good. And you're, I hear you talking about hydrating and making sure that you're eating the right kinds of nutrients because those nutrients will pull out different uh, reactions and whatnot. So this is not just about how people communicate with each other. It really is how well they take care of themselves too, correct? Yeah, a lot of it goes back to our, our ancestral living, right? Um a nutrient-dense diet, getting natural sunlight, which it's not a luxury. It's a need and a nice to have. It's going to regulate our circadian rhythm, which regulates our sleep, which regulates our mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, the, the nutrient-dense diet. Um, I'm going to fuck this one up. I don't think you can say fuck on them. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you're doing really good. I know it was good, and then I and, the, and then I lost it. So yeah, you're well, so. It's not really just about how you communicate with each other. It really is more about how well you're taking care of yourself too. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it goes back to the ancestral living, um, how our ancestors lived. And it's, it sounds so simple, but it makes profound differences. Like sunlight, for example, mm-hmm. if you get sunrise and sunset exposure, you're regulating your circadian rhythm, which is going to regulate your sleep, which is going to regulate your mood, mm-hmm. which is going to regulate how you interact with your spouse, um, things like that in a nutrient-dense diet. <laughs> I mean, we joke, you cannot try to connect yourself out of a nutritional deficiency. That's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, there was there was one incident I'm thinking of and Brad was really dysregulated and we had tried hydration and we had tried, you know, nutrition. He had eaten something. Um, we had taken a walk and, and nothing was was clicking. I'm I'm getting frustrated. He's frustrated. Things are escalating and then I finally was over in the kitchen in the cabinet and I said, "Have you taken your cod liver oil?" And he said, "No, we were out." And I said, I just bought more. Can, can you can you please just take the cod liver oil? Because it's a natural source of vitamin A and vitamin D and omega-3, which all regulate brain activity. Hmm. Um, and it's the bioavailable form of vitamin A, which is retinol. And he took it, and like within minutes, the real Brad was back. Wow. So, um, so you're actually seeing in your study and research, you're actually seeing... Uh, examples of certain nutrients bringing about desired behaviors or conditional or emotional states. That's that's incredible. Wow. Okay, so um, running out of time here, but I do want to fit in a couple of more questions. Many couples struggle with maintaining a healthy work-life balance, and it usually comes in the form of, 
I just don't have time to deal with this stuff. Get out of my way. We we go to bed mad. We wake up mad. And we never, ever find any sort of cure for this. It almost becomes this this dangerous cycle that we participate in um, trying to find that work-life balance. So what advice do you have for couples that are trying to prioritize their relationship amidst a life full of heavy schedules and responsibilities? Oh, for sure. I mean, Brad works 12-hour days. Wow. <laughs> it, it is hard. Um, but we have learned the hard way that we can choose to cook this nutrient dense food and do dishes, or we can choose to fight. It's pretty much a mathematical equation. We can choose to take our walks out on the trails, or we can choose to fight. We can choose to go to bed early and make enough time for sleep, or we can choose to fight. Um, and it sadly, I, it took us years to put together the pattern. We would typically have a fight on Saturday morning Hmm. and we were like, what? So you buy the food for the week, you make the food, okay, all week I'm doing good, doing good. By Friday night, oh, we ran out of prefer, pref, you know, prepared food. We have to, quote unquote, go out to eat. Mm-hmm. And we were not over our food addiction yet. We were still using food to numb. And so we would go out and we would get pizza or Mexican or alcohol or whatever. And then Saturday morning, you've got two problems. You have no prepared food in the house. Mm. And so you can't hydrate or eat. So you're low blood sugar. So you're irritable and you just put garbage in last night. And so garbage comes out the next morning. It's embarrassing how many years it took us to finally notice that pattern and then fix it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So let's talk about the future of the business. I know, uh, Brad, this is something that you feel very passionate about, uh, talking about uh, scholarship for veterans and whatnot. I know I just totally stepped all over your idea there. So go ahead, share with us what what is your plan for the future or your guys' plan for the future of the business and um, all that other good stuff and how you're helping families. So um, the statistic is that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. My goodness. I know. It's horrible. Um, And so right now we are discounting at 10 to 20% um, for veteran couples. And uh, eventually we'd like to work up to the point where we – are giving a one-for-one scholarship. Okay. So that means for every couple that you guys are working with and trying to help out of their mess, uh, you also want to be able to scholarship a veteran family to do the same thing. Yes, that's wow. correct. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, what, what, what's the fuel behind that fire that makes you want to help veterans and their families so much? I think it's just the connection that you develop when you're um, when you're in. Um, they're your family. I uh, I still have friends to this day. Um, I don't even talk with them, but I know that if I were to ever need something, that I could call them and they would be willing to help me. Um, and that's the bond that you that you form is. I mean, it's it's indescribable. Um, so we, both of us, both Gretchen and I, have this desire to to give back and and to help wherever it is that we can. Um, and we really think that in 
helping veterans to repair their relationships, uh, we can impact that statistic of 22 a day committing suicide. Wow. Wow, that's a, it's definitely a noble task and definitely worth sticking your neck out there to try to reach because uh, these people give everything for our country. And uh, thank God we have Brad and Gretchen that are willing to give a little back this morning. So one more question. Um, let's hear a success story uh, about a time when you coached a couple, uh, helped them overcome a major hurdle. Because I truly believe that, that everything happens for a reason. I think you guys are here for a reason this morning. And, and your story is going to touch a nerve with some people who are living this and they feel like there's no way out so talk to us about a success story give somebody hope for a future and um let them know what what you really do through the results that you get yeah i'd love to thank you so um there was one client in particular we did what's called like an intense in-home intervention and so i was there uh about 30 hours a week um literally stopping violence uh wow. child on child uh adult adults and this family was really struggling um and after probably a year and a half of working together uh the mom had told me that she felt sure that if she had not met me and we had not worked together that they would have ended up being one of those families you see in the newspaper or on TV where the whole family and the kids are shot dead. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, that story gives me goosebumps. She just is like, we, I'm so grateful. I met you. I, I truly believe I wouldn't be alive if I had never met you. Um, and really the goal is not perfection, right? A couple like that, a couple like us, most of the couples that we work with, we're all humans. Mm -hmm. The goal is not to never lose your shit. Mm -hmm. The goal is not to never get dysregulated. We want that, mm -hmm. but it, it, we just need to be um, honest with ourselves. The goal is it happens a lot less frequently. Mm -hmm. It's a lot less severe. Mm -hmm. And we know exactly what to do when it happens. We catch it sooner. We're going to catch it at that little harsh tone of voice, mm -hmm. right? Instead of like breaking glass. Mm -hmm. And we know exactly what to do. And and this this mom, this wife, that's where she's at now. I know exactly what to do when I see the warning signs, either in myself, my spouse, my kids. I know what we need to do to regulate, and we can do those things. That's our hope for ourselves and for our couples. You're shooting for 80 to 90%, not 100. Hmm. Okay. Well, and the interesting thing is now we've heard you a couple of times use this term, don't lose your shit. Um, you're not just cussing. That's actually an acronym for couples to help them remember. Do you want to go through that acronym so that our audience knows what you're talking about? Sure. I'd love to. I'm, I'm so hesitant to swear in our marketing, but uh, that is the phrase that we hear couples use the most. Um, and we came up with an acronym for it. So the S is for self. When we lose it and we explode or we shut down, that is not the real us. We are not in our self. Um, H is for health. It's not healthy for us or our spouse for us to get stuck in that fight, flight, freeze reaction, right? Um, I is for integrity. If I'm losing it and screaming and swearing and slamming doors, that is not in line with my values and who I want to be. Mm -hmm. And T is for trust. When we lose it, we lose trust in ourselves 
and our spouse loses trust in us. Okay, so you're not really, you know, cussing and carrying on like uh, like you're hanging out at a party somewhere. That really is another helpful tool that you've introduced to your clients to help them recognize some symptoms of when things might be heading into a state that that might be less than control and um, some indicators that maybe they need to hydrate or uh, look at a nutritional imbalance or just the choices that they're making within their relationship. Yes. Yeah. That and just trying to help people not feel so alone. We get it. We know this is the phrase you use and they immediately feel heard and seen. Okay, fantastic. Well, Brad and Gretchen, I'm so grateful that you guys had the courage to come on and share your story with Northwest Arkansas Business Radio. If someone wants to follow you guys, track you guys online, they want to learn more about your program or anything like that, um, how should they find out more about uh, your guys' coaching services for couples? Sure, we're on Instagram uh, at finally stop fighting. It used to be stop losing your shit, but Instagram doesn't like you swearing either, so <laughs> <laughs> they they disabled our account. So we are finally stop fighting, and there's an underscore um, in between the words. So finally underscore stop underscore fighting. It's kind of kind of awkward, but it works. <laughs> no, it's not awkward at all, especially if we're going to be able to go and find some answers. Uh, finally stop fighting on Instagram. That's where you're going to find information uh, regarding uh, Brad and Gretchen's. Uh, coaching company and how they just literally go from from helping couples that uh, have been told by experts, by preachers, by by everybody that you reach out to when you need help that there's no hope for you. And Brad and Gretchen are saying, hey, don't lose your shit, which we know isn't cursing. It's actually an acronym. Watch out for those behaviors because there are choices you can make to save your marriage. And so super excited that they were here this morning. It takes courage to get up in front of uh, uh, what could be thousands of people and share your story about how there, there are better choices that you can make for you. So for Brad and Gretchen Lindsay, we, we, we care about your lives. We care about the progress that you're making in it. And for more exciting interviews like this, keep listening to Northwest Arkansas Business Radio. We are so glad to uh, come into your cars and come into your homes to offer you a helping hand just like this one, reach out to Brad and Gretchen. If you are feeling like somebody uh, in your life needs to talk to somebody, pass this episode on. Do whatever you have to do um, because we had some really good stuff here. So my name is Adam Robison for Brad and Gretchen. We will see you next time on Northwest Arkansas Business Radio. 